0: Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself and Chris had the opportunity to talk to Cody Carnes. What a fun conversation. I know he's been on a few times. If you haven't listened to him before, you can go back to the archives and pull up all the Cody Carnes episodes. It was great. Uh, Fun fact, Cody did this uh, latest album and a live recording at his home church, The Belonging Co. And also, little plug here, I'm the academic director for The Belonging Co. College, uh, which is an extension site of Southeastern University, so you can get a fantastic degree uh, that's fully credentialed and you can get all your experience at The Belonging Co. I'd love to see you here. If you want any information, shoot me a DM. We'd love to talk with you about it. But here we go with the Church Collective Podcast and Cody Carnes.
1: This was such a, a fun process. I've, I've been really in it for the last, you know, uh, almost, I guess, two years because I wrote for about 18 months yeah. And uh, and I didn't I wasn't writing with the intention of I'm going to make this project. I knew that I would make a project, but really the intention of writing was to just get together with friends and write songs for the church. And uh, a lot of the, a lot of times those songs kind of go all their different ways and they kind of land where they're supposed to. And that's that's awesome. And so um, but after the eight, you know 18 months, kind of one day, I just realized, man, I really need to go back and look at all the songs, listen through all the songs that I've written, been a part of writing and just um, you know, put them all in a folder together for the first time. And so I did that and, um, and thought I would maybe like six or seven of them. And I ended up really loving 24 of them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it really caught me by surprise. Cause, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty quick to throw a song out if I don't feel like it's, if I just don't connect with it, I don't feel like it really communicates what it should, or it's just not that great of a song. yeah, And so having 24 that I really felt deeply connected to, I was like, man, I, okay, now what do I do? You know, right. and so that kind of you know really dictated the process of this, and um we got that down to twenty songs, and you know, uh, I asked Aaron and Aaron uh, Robertson and Austin Davis if they would co-produce it, which is such a dream for me. They're both good friends, and they're both incredible producers on their own and so having them come together was really special and they they built this incredible band and uh you know we got in the studio for 10 days and we 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 did the pre-pro process which is just you know getting in the studio and that's where you get all the arrangements out all the parts and the and the musical melodies and and you know when we when i walked into that studio i had 20 songs and i had lyric chord and melody and that's about it you know And so um in 20 songs in 10 days was a feat. I mean that's that's 2 songs a day you're from 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 starting from scratch to like yeah. this is a finished arrangement, you know. And so um but it was such a fun process and um you know uh and it ended up being what what's going to be two albums. So uh, I haven't talked about that much but you know uh, now's the time to tell tell people um so i did two nights two separate albums um so the first album that's coming out now god is good is the second night uh and it's it's like you know 10 songs and then there'll be 10 more songs at some point next year. we don't even really know when yet just that's um, awesome gonna have it in the pipe ready to go but it was such a special process the night the nights were really powerful and so peaceful and so full of joy um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of um shots in the videos of us smiling and laughing and just having a great time and um it really does feel like that's kind of the theme of this album is that you know it's a beacon of hope and joy and uh which i feel like is so potent out of the season that we've walked through and you know and just this right. crazy chaotic season of depression and 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 just uncertainty and and what's up from down and uh i've really wanted this project to be our, all right here's our here's our center here's jesus here's his scripture here's his word and and here's the hope and the joy that we can have in it and um you know we really can have hope and joy in the midst of anything you know right and so that's my prayer for this record that it that it um you know communicates that to people that helps them find that for themselves
0: yeah so if you spent 18 months working on all the songs to talk a little bit like what made you decide to do it live did you start there or you know what was that like
1: um it's my third record and I, I really, I've done two studio albums. And so I really felt like, you know what? I think, um, I think it's time to do something live. I just felt, uh, yeah. I just felt like God speak to me about that. Um, a while, a while ago and just whatever comes next, I, I just feel like it's going to be live. And, and, you know, I had a, I had a kind of a, um, a hard time with that, honestly, because I love the studio process so much. I love taking a song at a time diving real deep into an arrangement for a long period of time and and really tweaking a vocal and really you know and um I just love that process and 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 it's it's a lot less pressure you know than a you have a live night to capture 10 songs and they have to be amazing you know it's like golly and then the the pressures of putting an event on and getting people to be there and but um so I was really kind of just man do I really want to take on all this extra work and, um, but I'm so glad that I did because mm. the live experience for, especially for worship, you know, there's sure. just nothing like it, nothing like getting people in a room and, and everyone's experience with Jesus kind of compounding together in that moment is so powerful. And so, uh, yeah, I'm really thankful that I, that I did it live and now it's like, oh man, I just, I love, I wish I could go back and do it again as <laughs> yeah. much work yeah. as it was. Um, it was really special.
2: Yeah. Who are the players on the, um, on the recording
1: um it is a combination of some players from elevation which is where aaron's from and it's a combination of some players from nashville from belonging where austin is and i am um so we've got um austin and aaron are both playing on it as well as co-producing it so austin's playing drums um Shay wooten's playing bass from elevation who's a legend there's so much crazy good bass stuff on these <laughs> the records i mean it's just uh, you, yeah. There's already some in good you can hear. There's some crazy. He he throws a minor riff over a major, like a one major. It's crazy. It's amazing. Uh, but then um we've got uh three guitars. It is Guitar Mageddon on this record. Um Casey Moore on electric, who's been on the road with us for a while, plays with Leland as well. Um Corey Pierce, who's an amazing guitar player at church with us, and plays with a bunch of different artists. Um, and then uh, E. Edwards, who's uh, part of the Elevation crew. Um, he played on the Elevation Map City record. He played on Brooks' record, and um, he is incredible. Uh, genius, creative, great execution, great guy to be around. Everybody's amazing. Um, and then we've got Evan Fernald on Keys, who's our main Keys and MD at church here at the Belonging. He's incredible. Um, and then uh, Aaron and Robertson's doing all the synth, all the programming, anything. Uh synth world strings, M- mellotron all this kind of stuff. His 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 like space of all of his gear was so funny. It looked like a spaceship. Literally, mm-hmm. he's got like stuff everywhere and he's playing it all at the same time. And like, um, yeah, it was really, really awesome. I think I covered everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great crew. Bernie Herms, the legend, producer, uh, keys player, Natalie Grant's husband. Uh he's playing some organ on it um because natalie's singing on a song that's just mind-blowing and then uh i've got um my wife is singing on a song called forever and amen and then uh benjamin william hastings the legend is on a song as well so uh, a lot of fun features and friends on this it really was just this collection of people you know, these are if I could just put all of my favorite people in one room doing what they do best, this is what, what it would look like. And and everyone said yes. And I was just so blown away, you know, yeah. um, so it really felt like this. I felt like I, similar feelings to like when I was at my wedding day, you know what I mean? And you've got all these favorite people and you're like, this moment will never happen again. All these people in one room. That's that's very much how this felt to me. It's like, man, this is just so special and significant. I've got some of my favorite worship leaders singing with me, you know, from church and a, an amazing choir full of people that I love. And so it's just, it was really special.
2: That's cool. Guys. Are the same players going to be going on the road with you?
1: That is the hope. I told them I do not want to do a tour without you guys. Oh, wow. um, That'd be fun. Sorry, I shouldn't put ice in my mouth on a podcast. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> One second, let me choose. this. It's all good. Okay. Um, Yes. So that's that's definitely the hope. We're working out um, a tour that we're going to be announcing soon. Um, It might it might be announced by the time this comes out. I don't know when that is, but uh, (laughs) but yeah. So that is definitely the hope that that most of those guys make it on the road with me, and um, it's going to be really fun. It'll be my it'll be my first headlining tour, and I'm super excited about it to take this album and and all the other songs I've been a part of the last few years just to take those on the road and. And uh, do them that way for the first time.
2: It's going to be great. And you get, You're going to hit Elevation hard if you take all those guys.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to <laughs> ask for permission from our church too. I'm taking like, it's like the best of you our church. Austin, it's, like the best Irvin, elevation. Yeah. it's like, guys, can I just have, two, I just need two Sundays. Can I have two Sundays? <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> is awesome.
0: uh, is worship any guess different for you now that we're kind of i'd say we're past the pandemic but i guess technically we are still in the pandemic but i you know functionally we're not like what 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 kind of things we talked a little bit about this i think last time we had you on the podcast too but
1: Um, we were still in the thick of it back then yeah it was
0: like the thick of it at that point but yeah what what are your thoughts now just on worship
1: yeah i mean i think that it has changed you know i think in a lot of ways like you said functionally we're not really in it as much anymore which thank god yeah um but I I feel like there's still a lot of repercussions that um, can kind of go unnoticed because physically it doesn't look like the pandemic, but man, just the toll emotionally and mentally that we all had to walk through and, and, and still now, and those things, they, they stick with you for a long time. And, and so I think I, I sense now that there's some, some, some repercussions as the church that we're now having to deal with. And really this, the heart of this record is to kind of be somewhat of the antidote is my heart to that, all that, you know, yeah. I feel like the antidote to the depression and the confusion and the chaos and what's up from down and what, you know, if in the pandemic, it was like, somebody said something and they said it was true and then we found out it wasn't true. And then this other person said something and said it was true. And we found out it wasn't true. And it was like, okay. So, and I feel like it it was this massive attack on truth. It was yeah. this massive attack on okay, what actually is true and 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 now even coming out of it, I feel this sense of everyone's still a bit swirly. it seems like everyone's still yeah. a bit like and and now it's like, well, let's question Jesus and let's question scripture and let's question let's question right. everything. let's blow up everything and it's like, no, no, <laughs> I, I don't let's not do that. You know, like, let's let's remember that Jesus is who he says he is. Let's remember that he's good. Let's remember that his word is true. Like we can't start just busting up all the foundations that that actually pulled us through the whole thing. And and the things that we can secure and anchor our lives in, you know, and so as a worship leader and a songwriter, that was just so that, that that burden kind of turned into a lot of these songs, which is which are really just full of scripture. And the album's called God is good. And it's, it's, you know, the cover is a billboard. It's like, that's what I wanted this album to feel like is like this big statement that you can't ignore when you're seeing it is like, God is good. Let's all remember that. Okay. Yeah. Let's like, let's not lose the truth of because we can't, we're going to go crazy if we do, you know? And, um, and so I, I really, yeah, I hope that, that, um, I hope that as the church, we can come back to the things that really matter. I I hope that we can, you know, that we can um, really remember the things that we do agree on the hope of Jesus, you know, Um, and that, and, and that, you know, this season kind of helps us, helped us identify maybe some of the things that we were really caught up in that actually don't really matter, that actually aren't important, that actually somewhat are distractions from what the true purpose of, of our lives and the church is and, um, and i hope that we can kind of sense what things need to be stripped away and then and then really just focus on the simple things and focus on the presence of god and and focus on the heart of jesus and and loving each other you know and um and not so much all the other things that we can easily get distracted by you know and so um yeah
0: yeah do you um do you feel like the the younger worship leaders are I, i'm trying to think of like even the ones i interact with like the, the it feels different and i don't quite know how to put a finger on it but i just love to hear kind of like what are your observations on like kind of the future of worship ministry you know 10 years down you know it, what 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 do you think it's going to look like
1: interesting question yeah again um,
0: knowing we don't have a crystal ball but just kind of you know, yeah. hear your sense of it yeah
1: um i don't know i I um I have hope. Like yeah. I have I have I, I say I don't know in a hopeful way, not in a like a, a cynical way. <laughs> it's like, I, well, make sure, I guess make sure that comes across the right way. I but I, I just say I don't know because um I think there's a lot there's a lot that we're kind of at this in a way, I think we're kind of at this fork in the road in a big way. And kind of everything I just said, just yeah, all right, yeah. we're coming out of this crazy season now, and okay, like where which way do we go, and um, and you know, like I said, my prayer is that it, we we come like what I just said. We we really find the prize in the simple things again, and mm-hmm. and I and I do sense that with with the generation that's coming up, and um, I, I do sense this. Like, yeah, let's. Let, I mean, that's consistent across the board with the not just in the church or in anything to do with jesus but just across the board like the generation behind us is like i don't want all your polished stuff you know yeah. it's like i want that this I'm lo- i I love like i'm laughing at this app that this new app be real you know all right. my, like a bunch of my friends are on it and i'm i'm, I'm kind of getting old man syndrome at this point with social media <laughs> I'm like, i don't, don't want to mess with that whatever you know a bunch of my friends are on it. it's like this is a thing and tiktok is very similar it's like we don't want your polished thing we want we want whatever is very real. We don't want your filters and we want your, and I think that's actually really, um, really great for the church though, to be honest, you know, yeah. if we apply that to the church and what this generation can bring to the church, we don't want your polished stuff. We want, we want the real thing, you know, right. and that is incredible. And yeah. I, I really hope that that translates into worship and the songs that are written and, in the moments that are happening. Um, but I, I, my prayer is that it's all founded on the truth, though. It's not founded on opinions. That is the biggest attack, I think, that we're that we're facing is what is someone's opinion and that and, and what is what what is my truth? What do I feel sure. like the fact that I have the that I the, the, the belief that I have enough like understanding of a moral compass and the world to be my own decider of what is true is is scary, you know. Right. I, I do not have that. I, I'm I'm not capable of that. I have to look to God. You know, I have to look to the one that the created all and the, the world revolves around and the source of everything good. I have to look at what does he say is true. You know, right. and so my prayer is that we get to the real things, but that they're really founded in still the truth of who God is and what his word says. And that we don't get too caught up in our own opinions and our own, yeah. and, and, and we don't, we don't get so prideful that we think that we can figure it out. You know, we, whatever I think must be true. It's like, man, an understanding and, and that kind of that fear and reverence of God, again, that rest, the restoration of God, I, I don't, I don't know, but you do. And, right. and I, I trust you and I'm, and I'm chasing after you and I'm chasing after what's true within you, you know? Um, if we have that combination of of that kind of pursuit of God and that kind of vulnerability and and authenticity, I mean, and and yeah. and and why would we not? You know, right? Well, I, think, I think I think we go from glory to glory. I think God leads us into into greater things with each generation. And um, I yeah, that that's what I hope that happens.
2: Goodness, yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Are the um for the album cover the photo? A billboard is that where is that you know can't tell you
1: <laughs> that was um something that the the designer jay um i'm working with avenir creative house jrj um he's amazing and his whole team is amazing it's something that he found so um i couldn't tell you where it is um but he can you know it's basically a, a mock-up cover that we did and then we're um the, the cool thing is that we're doing some billboards uh, in different cities when the album launches, we're yeah. doing some, some real ones. And then um, we're going to be filming, you know, uh, some, a couple of those. Uh, I think there'll be one in Nashville, actually of 65. Um, and then some other cities around Atlanta and uh, California and Utah and the different things. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see some, some real ones, but. Yeah. That's, yeah. Just, a, that's just a design. And uh, again, it was like my heart to, for that to be like, I was like, I feel like this record's like a billboard, the statement, you know, God is good with an exclamation mark, you know, and so yeah, yeah, it was just Jay's genius uh, figuring mm-hmm. that out.
2: That's super cool. I was, I was like, man, I gotta drive around and look for that sign. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm somewhere in Nashville, but I love it. Uh, it will be. It will be. <laughs> yep, September 30. How is things different now that you're a, you're a dad? Like. Are you, is it changing your writing style? Is it changing your touring schedule? Like just your schedule in general?
1: Um, It does. Yeah. It changes my schedule so much. And um, I mean, I see
2: your kids on like Instagram on like on (laughs) stage with you. So like, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, they travel with us a lot. They're with us basically all the time, you know, so um, which is really fun. We really try to try to keep them with us and make them a part of what's happening. You know, and um, this is really, um, you know, this is not just me and Carrie building some career. This is ministry and it's their ministry too. You know, they're a part of it and mm. they will continue, they will grow a, into a, a part of it more and more so. And so, um, you know, we really try to, you know, just in, include them and, and help them experience these moments in the presence of God that we're experiencing. You know, those are such foundational building blocks for them and their soul and, and their spirit. And um, so, yeah we travel a lot with them. I mean, at home, it's interesting, you know, we've got all the same schedules that any dad, any parent does. It's like school and, and baseball and uh, all the things that they're getting into and music. And, and so, um, you know, we just have to navigate that as best we can. And uh, it's, it's pretty chaotic, but you know, that's normal for any parent. It's just, you just kind of, you know, do it. And, Um, and we have a a bit of a village of people now that help us. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. um, we, we really kind of create this little family dynamic with, uh, different people helping us. And so it's fun and crazy and awesome. And our kids are getting into music pretty heavily. And, uh, that, that was, that was without pressure from us or like, (laughs) there's no pressure, uh, to be in, into this, but they really are showing an interest at this point Mm and, uh, these young ages, and it's that's really fun my my youngest is a, a really really into the drums he's three and yeah. he's actually i don't say this like dad bias. i mean it's still very dad biased but he's he's really good though he's he's got this like very natural a uh, sense of of rhythm and tempo and where things should go and he's a he's a sponge he's just absorbing it all from watching people you know from when we're touring and watching people at church and watching people on youtube and he's just absorbing this and he's playing like full on six, eight grooves, like in time. And I haven't, (laughs) I haven't taught him anything yet. I'm just now at this point, I'm like, I want to, I don't want to teach you until maybe you're like four or five at least because i just want to see what you just like, what you just naturally figure out. And uh, it's pretty unbelievable. And so he loves it. Like this morning, even we were playing baseball outside. And then he's like, dad, I want to go inside and play loud music. I was like, let's, (laughs) do it <laughs> and we have this little electric drum kit and he's got this big old speaker that it's hooked up to and he just cranks it to 11 and he's like
2: that's cool. <laughs> so good
1: and it's awesome so it's fun man it really is
2: are you gonna be like lebron where you, you don't retire until you can actually like play with your kids <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah a hundred hundred percent yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stay in it just so i can play with my kids i mean i i the rate the rate that kingston's learning drums i don't think it'll be very long i wanted to post on instagram the other day just be like over under on my son uh getting paid for his first uh drum gig and the over under was going to be like six <laughs> <laughs> start a poll <laughs>
0: He's going to be, I mean, you think by the time he's 15 or what, it's going to be gnarly. That's
1: yeah, exciting. it's going to be, <laughs> I think of like Stephen Curtis. I mean, uh, his, his, I mean, Colony House is like such an incredible band and yeah. uh, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman's sons are lead singer and drummer. And uh, I just think, man, what a, how fun is that? You know, um, we're actually, they're playing in town tonight. I think we're going to go. That's um, awesome. But um, yeah, like just that kind of stuff. gets really excited. I mean, and who knows what will happen. Kingston yeah. may be like, I want to be a science teacher. And I'm like, okay, cool. Right. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I guess put the uh, drums down. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if, you know, if they really continue to just be all in about it, then it'll be be really fun to see what happens.
0: Yeah. One last question um, from our community it seemed like a bunch of people I've said like, what would you like us to ask Cody? And they said, to have him tell us how to song, So just <laughs> like, you know, in a minute, <laughs> I can yep. give the, gold, yep. the golden yep. answer for that, but I know that uh, tends to change, but yeah, what do you got?
1: Man, I could talk about this for like 3 hours, you know? right? Uh so maybe sometime we can do that, but <laughs> you know, I think that um man, the golden answer of songwriting. Um let me think for a second. You can edit this part. <laughs> sure. But um or not. Um uh, You know, I think I think it's important to when you're writing for the church, especially It's important to have encounters with God while you're writing songs and um, don't don't just sit down and try to try to like strive out a song, you know, Um, and and songwriting is hard work and it it takes discipline and it takes repetition. And so there is a work element to it, but I think the songs, they, they, they are what they're supposed to be when they are written out of an encounter with God. And so I think when you get in a room and I love collaborating with people. I think it's one of the best things you can do. So find other songwriters around you, get in a room together, chase after those, those songs, but really chase after the presence of God in those moments. And the songs are just kind of right themselves at that point. And, yeah. um, and, and and it's actually, I believe the song, I believe it's the encounter in the song that people are actually drawn to when they listen to it. The reason why they love a song, I think, is because of the encounter with Jesus that's in it. That's my belief and that's my experience. Yeah. The songs have connected with people that I've been a part of writing, I could tell you about each moment of them of what that was like, and uh, the presence of God was in the room, you know, and, uh, and so I think that, you know, that's got to be the most important thing. And the great thing about that, too, is, you don't always write a great song, you actually write probably 10 bad songs before you write one good one or 50 bad songs, right? I don't know, you know, it's, it, it changes as you as you do it more, but still, you write bad songs a lot more than you write good songs. And what's great about just being in the presence of God with your friends is that if you, even if you write a bad song that day, you were in the presence of God with your friends and and it was, and it was, hopefully it was awesome and enjoyable. And I would also say that every writing session, every song you write, um, you are going to learn something new every single time. You're going to get a new tool in your tool belt. And that's kind of the point. And I think, so don't get discouraged when you're like, I wrote, tried to write today and it wasn't very good. And no. I'll flip that and go, what did I learn today? You know, yeah. and I, I, I've i started doing that. And, um, you know, I'll leave a session. I'm like, you know, I don't really feel connected to that song, but that's okay. I don't know if it'll it'll ever get used anywhere. But, oh, but, I, you know, it's interesting. We did that chord over this melody and that's it. I've never, I never thought about doing that before. And what's crazy is that kind of goes into your subconscious and then you never know when that's, when that little tool you learn is going to come out in a song that actually is, is really great. And it needed that little thing that you learned, you know, to really kind of finish it and make it yeah. this special moment. And I don't know, you just never know. So yeah. just having the perspective of it's repetition and it's sitting down and doing it as a discipline. And each time you do it, you're building, you're building blocks, you know, to, to not really just even getting, um, like better at it, but more so just getting more efficient at it because the more sure. that you do, you're like, okay, I I kind of, now if I have a great idea, sometimes great ideas, they don't know how to get fleshed out. They don't know how to kind of, you know, if you, if you haven't written songs a lot, you, you have a great idea, but you don't really know how to work it out to communicate it the right way. And the more right. that you write, the better communicator you come and it gets exciting. It's like, I have a great idea. And I think I know one who I could write with to help me with it. And I know two, I think I know how to communicate it in a way that's captivating and feels fresh. And, um, so yeah, I hope that'll do it. Yeah. Follow (laughs) that.
0: And you got it. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, just find us on social media or shoot us an email on the website, thechurchcollective.com. You can find us on Pinterest and LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram and all those other things. And here's a little fun thing. If you've listened all the way through here, thank you for making it here, by the way. Uh, But uh, here's the code word, Millennium Falcon. So uh, if you take that code word and DM it to us on one of these social media platforms, I don't know what's going to happen, but it'll sure make my day because it'll probably be me or Chris that reads it. So yeah, Millennium Falcon, shoot us a message.